Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine, fine Saturday morning to you all. Ocean, Steve. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. You already broke it. You already <laughs> well, broke it. Well, I think it's the fact that, you know, where you, you, you are up there in the Northwest, maybe it's hard to tell where the sun is. 
Well, we can't. We haven't seen the sun in like eight days. Yeah. So exactly. He's he. Ocean thinks it's afternoon. Pete's on the morning schedule. Who knows? It doesn't matter. It's just all orange. It's raining orange. Yeah. Uh, How are we doing, Uh, gents? How are you feeling? How are your movie lives? Good. Oh, non-existent. I'm, I'm on my I'm on my Game of Thrones binge for our for our trip to oh, Croatia right. that's coming that's up. Right. You're I'm, going to Croatia, quite a yeah. hotbed of yes, controversy. Well, there. Hey, yes, but hey, we just got through uh, just the earlier. Uh, most recent episode we just watched was the Red Wedding episode. So, you know, with High the point. huge... That's yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Get ready for eight episodes of disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then get good again. So. There we are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Those are the things I need to know. Okay. Yeah. 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 Every, uh, yeah. T- to me, every Game of Thrones season can be summed up in uh, seven episodes, seven or eight episodes of setup, two episodes of really awesome television. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Epic and then, television. And, then, and yeah, usually somebody television, standing yeah. on a pile of bodies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it, it's great for that. But you, you know, after the, after the high of the Red Wedding, you'll, yeah. you'll find that it's going to go back to a slog. And yeah. Be great. Okay. Lots of yeah. ebb. Lots of yeah. ebb. Yes. Lots of ebb. Yeah. So if you're, fa- I mean, you're, you're a big fan of the books, right, Steve? You yeah. I read, well, I've read the first. Well, I got through one and a half. So, All and right. then, th- what? Well, what had happened was I had checked it out on my my device from the library, and the the one that was available was how they thought anybody would do this in, t- in the two week period was like, oh, it's a bundle, the first four books, and I'm like, you're giving me two weeks to read these four books, <laughs> my eyes will bleed and shrivel up if I try to do that. We're sorry, Mr. So Summer. Got- Did you want the audiobook version? That's 189 hours. <laughs> so it's it's one that where I've you know got to the point where I'm like, I well, I was like, well, maybe I'll just wait till he finishes the last book and then I'll just binge the books, right? But I'll I'll be a dead man before that mm-hmm. happens. It mm-hmm. looks like I don't know that the, it's the same one with the uh the other series. Oh, what is his name? Uh the the king the king Oh, the King Killer Chronicles Sanderson. by No, no, uh, no, not no, Sanderson. Uh, um Oh goodness, who is he? God. Yes, exactly. My friend Luke's gonna kill me for not knowing this off. But it's like he's got two of them and he's supposed to be doing the third one and that's never come yeah. along. So yeah, I'm I'm tired of these guys that will knock out a couple of good ones and then be like, Well, I'll just let this dangle here for a while while I make money doing other things. I'm like, just finish the books. Finish the books. Well, uh, I, we we are here definitely to talk about movies for sure. Yes, and we I are. But should, I haven't uh, seen any. Have you seen anything I, lately? Uh, what you go out to the theater to watch, please, Pete? What have you gone please, out to watch? Please, Steve. <laughs> have we met? You know my backstory. Oh no, theaters are dead to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I know. Uh, but which brings us, of course, a natural segue to Tenet and uh, this, oh, yes. this first story that, um, you know, where it's not just about Tenet again. We've talked about Tenet, I think, every week consecutively since the first trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think it's worth talking about this uh, screen rant uh, piece. Uh, who posted this one? Was this? Uh, that, this that was, was Ocean. What, yeah. What, yeah. Do you, what do you got on Tenet? You, did you rush out to the theaters? I, I did not. And I was... I, I did not, and I guess I would even start it with, I'll preface this with two weeks ago on the Saturday matinee, I was loud wrong. I thought Tenet would, you know, make a couple hundred million dollars domestically and, you know, dethrone bad boys for life as a number one domestic <laughs> box office movie. Of the alas, year, but, it did alas, not. It looks like, yeah, it looks like that uh, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith power combo is not going to be uh, dethroned this year. Um, so, yeah, it, 
I think that it was definitely the canary in the coal mine in that um, they wanted to see, okay, if this movie makes it, then maybe we can start releasing other fare. Right. But yeah. when a movie this big does this poorly with the, you know, this much hype and this much of everybody wanting to see it and uh, the box office still does this poorly, it just really tells you that the people just aren't comfortable going out to the theaters. And I, you know, and I understand that because I include myself in people, you, you know, that yeah. I'm, I'm not, I also what did not run out to go see this. And, and so I think that, you know, it's going to be, this really does, you know, bode poorly for the movie theater business for you know, the next six to 12 months, yeah. right. Until, until people yeah. really start getting comfortable, either there's a, a vaccine or a treatment that would, that would make people comfortable going out into a theater. But you, you know, so if this doesn't make it, then I don't think anything else really is going to come out. And so all these other movies where they're saying they're releasing it in December or, or November, or, you know, that, I think those are all, none of that is going to happen. It'll, you know, there won't be any big releases until next year. So it's sitting right now at twenty nine five uh, U.S. Uh, gross twenty nine point five million, but like you compare that to, for example, Asia Pacific, uh, South Korea at ten point three, China fifty one million. Um, like it, it's just no even places that are ahead of us on the pandemic curve in some cases significantly um, are just people aren't going to the theaters. Well, and it's not only that, it's even now if, because people are saying, well, maybe we'll see that more of them doing the whole like Mulan thing of like, we'll just go straight to like, you know, digital release and you pay, you know, bigger for that, like in trolls and all that. But if that becomes the trend, then there's really a question of, does the movie theater industry just shutter itself? Because yeah. they sort of pin their hopes on like, okay, tenant will be the thing that starts to pivot and people will start coming in. Well, that clearly didn't do it. So if studios decide we're going to do strict digital home releases, then you can just count movie AMC, you know, at least in the United States, these chains they're not going to make it. I know they've tried lots of strategies. I saw that like out here, Cinemark is offering up like for all these movies that are, that are out right now, they're like rent the theater. So basically buy tickets for like 10 people. We'll let you have the theater for whatever it is. It's like 200 and something bucks. You can rent the theater. We'll let you have 10 or 15 people in there at once. And you can see it on the big screen. And I don't know that that's going to work. I it's, I've contemplated that. I thought if I had 10 friends that were my social bubble that I felt safe, then maybe. But it's still the idea of I'm in an enclosed space and the ventilation and there's just too many things. It's right. Not... Here's, the, here's the challenge, because the last time yeah. there was a contraction in yeah. in the theater business, the response was smaller boutique theaters like living room theaters like more right. couches and big chairs and smaller screens and in chair in theater service and right. booze and all of that so that right. was the reaction yeah and so uh you know you think oh well maybe they'll, it'll just constrict a little bit and there'll be a few big players that are still around yeah. but uh, other theater owners will go small i uh, this is the, I can't imagine sitting in a small living room no. theater with 20 of my closest friends even not my closest friends right. in a smaller space for right. three no, hours. I want the big it. stadium seating yeah, with five to, people. And I want to be the only person in it. That's what we want. And I just don't yeah. think there's a business model that satisfies no. that requirement. <laughs> or your ticket prices are 300 bucks a pop. I mean, that's right. that's that's it. Yeah. And the, and the, and the challenge with uh, Mulan, for example, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Tenet. I'm saying, just put it, just put it online. Yeah. Let's all just right. accept yeah. the fact that you're not going to make 
400 to 500 million dollars, which is now what they're, th- they're saying to recoup, um, uh, to make his money back. Tenants of a 400 million dollar, 500 million dollar uh, box office draw is what it needs to be. Uh, it's not, it's just all except the fact that it's not going to happen. And let me give you 30 bucks, right? Yeah. I will give it to you. I want to watch that movie very badly, not that badly. Let me just it is a shut up and take my money kind of a scenario. I, I really want it. And I worry that this is not just an industry issue where the industry is looking at this massive bill they have to somehow pay back, but also an ideological one, which is, um, you know, Christopher Nolan is the guy who is wielding, I think, maybe some dwindling authority in this yeah. discussion and i wonder if this isn't just he hates the idea so so much mm-hmm. that even in this scenario he's willing to just say you know what we need to leave this movie in theaters for a year and maybe that's the maybe that's the solution yeah, which, maybe we go back to old yeah. school how long yeah. did star wars do its original oh, run yeah. right yeah like, a long right. time so right yeah when there is no supply they just leave them in there yeah. Well, given the current movie climate, they definitely could leave it in there for a year and it has little to no competition. Yeah. Right. I think that the the reaction would be more from an economic standpoint yep. that the studios just wouldn't release these albums that they have in the can. Yeah. Right. Because they, right. they've already plunked in the two or three hundred million dollars to make them, market them, et cetera. And that, you know, it's 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 actually cheaper to just wait this out than it would be to release it to a video on demand. Because, you know, while I do agree that, you know, like something like this, you know. I, I want to think maybe I'd pay the you know the twenty thirty dollars to watch it at home, but once I'm at home, at that point it becomes like well if it's more than five dollars, oh shit! Re- I mean, Come on, be first man. Line, you know, so, that's so, what you know, you're waiting on like, is how many people yeah. have seen this before me. That's the measure you need. <laughs> well, the, no, the measure is that now you've brought it into my house, and so I understand yeah. like you know if I take the family to the movie theater, I'm going to pay forty you know thirty fifty dollars whatever yeah, right. depending upon concessions and all that. Right. right? But I've once seen you now. How you guys concess, you, by the oh, way. Yes, no, <laughs> you my, are celebrating concesses. Yes, yeah. no, yeah, no, yeah, no. It's it's not cheap to take out take my family to the movies, but <laughs> and that's fine. I like doing it. But once it's the movie is my house, yeah, yeah. and I'm more comfortable. But am I going to pay thirty dollars to see the movie? Right. Like, you know, I I. I I want to say my mind is telling me that I that I would do it. I, you know, like yeah, bring tenant out. I'll pay it right away. And then part of me thinks that when it comes down to it, I might just sit there and go, nah, maybe yeah. I'll just wait a few more months. <laughs> oh yeah, It'll come down. That's no, all it takes is a few yeah. more months. That's well, what we're yeah, thinking. A few months, it, yeah. For for me, it's the other factor of uh, seeing movies like Gravity on like the big screen and then seeing it at home and saying. Oh yeah, that was okay. But there was something about the spectacle of the experience of being immersed in that darkened room with a huge wall of light that is just filling your field of vision that that you get lost and immersed. That's an experience that you don't forget versus you're watching it on your TV and then your kid comes up and talks to you or the doorbell rings or you know something happens and you've got distractions and you're very rarely in that isolated immersed experience and that it diminishes that and that's my sort of anxiety about this of I would love to see it right now but I'm holding out for I want that large spectacle I for for tenant for dune for you know James Bond that's what I want to do is go get lost in that world and it's really hard to do that at home and I I feel like even I hate to say this but even if it came out and was available I would maybe hold out of maybe if I wait till the spring I could see it in the theater because I don't want to ruin that first viewing experience by it being on my TV where I could easily be distracted or interrupted and you you guys sound so old 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. What? Okay, well, the, you can watch. You can you can wait till it gets sold to Quibi, and you can watch it on your phone vertically in, 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 in Quibi in ten minute segments. Ten minute segments. That's right. That's right. You ain't seen Tenant until you've had to. I talk about appointment film film viewing. Yes. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. I just I, you mentioned the thing, and you know my answer to that always is just sit closer to the damn screen. You'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, there's this new feature in in iOS 14 that just released this week that it, if you have AirPods Pro and you put them okay. in your head and you're watching a movie, have you heard about this? You put it on no. your phone or your iPad and you're watching a movie and it, you, you so I, I tried this out with Annihilation. Okay. So there's wow, right? You get right. all the sound and you turn your head and the sound moves called spatial audio and so you turn your head you turn around and the thing's kind of behind you so is the sound it's coming from the back of your head and the only thing i could think is and as a lover of movies and and television media i love it and innovation in this is just great and all i could think of was there are just so many brilliant people who just invented this moving sound thing while the world is on fire, like yes. why couldn't they? Why couldn't they use some of that to do something here? I was a little bit frustrated by that. It is a so it, is yeah. it when you you turn so that basically it's like surround sound, but like gyroscopic yeah. surround sound. Yeah, so basically, if 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 Natalie Portman's in front of me and then I turn sideways, she's it's on your side. Like she's yeah. now on my side. Or if I if I'm walking away from the TV, everything is behind me. It, it's it's ridiculous, Steve. I see where you're going with this, and I want to just jump on that train because it's ridiculous why do you want that with your phone right right or with your ipad like you're watching tv you're watching a movie and right. you don't have headphones on and you turn right. your head yeah. and sure i get the tv sound is still probably yeah. over there i get right. that, like it's over but but, right. but i have the phone i'm gonna move the damn phone with my head if i want to keep yeah. watching yeah. it like that's why right. i have headphones in stop moving the sound that was i'm sorry that was just a chance <laughs> for I, me to sound like an old films. man yeah, that and when I watch films on my iPad, when I look away, that means I'm done watching the yes, film. Yes, right. Yeah, I'm done watching the film. I don't want to hear what's going on anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I finished. See, I, I thought that's what it was it was going to be. As soon as you like break eye contact, and it, since you turn, it's like in a pause. It like, no, no, no. We're you, we're not doing yeah, anything right. until no, you get your done. eyes back on the screen. You that's don't get right. to hear anything <laughs> until you're making eye contact. Then then you get to see the picture. And that's how I want to watch Tenet. Is I want to yeah. watch it kind of seventy <laughs> degrees behind, and I want to ensure that on my iPad it's actually picture in a picture as small as I can make it, so that I can do my email at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's what you'd be doing because basically you wouldn't be watching Tenet. You'd be listening to Tenet. Right, exactly. So right. I think what you're asking sure for is you great. want Tenet the podcast. The yes. dulcet right. tones of that to sweet, sweet J.D. Washington. Oh, yes. man, yes. I can listen to that guy all night. Can we talk about Madonna? Speaking of dulcet tones, there is yes. nothing yeah. I like better than the three of us talking about a Madonna story. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Who's got some passion about this? Uh, well, what what intrigued me about this, because I saw the headline, I thought, eh, it's just Madonna. She's trying to make herself relevant again. But it's the fact that she's co-writing the movie with Diablo Cody. Yeah, that's controversial. What got my, that's where I thought, okay, because yes, it's a biopic. And yes, okay, we've seen Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man, and it seems like the time is right for this. And there's all kinds of 80s nostalgia. It makes sense. But having Diablo Cody write this, I thought, 
there's the potential for this to be really interesting. I don't know. Maybe this is, you know, just me thinking about Madonna and her trying to reflect on who she is, that we're going to get some something very interesting, entertaining, and probably nothing based in reality. Possibly. But that's that's what I... What I didn't know is that the Madonna had directed several films before. That was the yeah. other piece in the article that, that that stood out, and I thought, well, that's not a, a good sign. And, um, and they were panned, like they were not. Yes. Oh, great. yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But uh, you know, she said that it's uh, it's going to address uh, the fallout from her controversial "Like a Prayer" video, her experience filming Evita. So we're going to get Madonna's version of Evita. I guess that may be interesting. It's it's her version of her roller coaster of a life which has been pretty silent for the past decade as far as i can recall i don't you know i'm not a huge madonna fan but i you know she hasn't toured or had anything that i've been aware of out so i think this is you know the nice little retrospective to to bring her back into the the mainstream yeah and i think that's really where you'd be bringing her back into more as a mainstream she's been releasing you know music and has yeah. albums out and everything she's been putting you know putting things out and touring and, and doing stuff because you know she has a big enough catalog that you yeah. know let's face it she could just you know sell tickets for 200 two three hundred dollars a pop for just you know play all of her 80s and 90s hits yeah. right yeah. so uh, so so she, so she still is doing a lot of things like that. I think that to me the the real problem with it is that you know the the idea that she's going to then you know write and direct her own life story implies you know obviously there's going to be no objectivity of course with that. Right. But but also that you know it, it then becomes well how do you you know forget the objectivity of the story but how do you get objective about the movie right you're going to want to include so much because she has a lot like you could make a whole movie about Madonna from 1984. Like yes, just yes. that oh, year, yeah. Yeah. you know, just yeah. the like a virgin year, that just yeah. that, right? You know, and then that's there's that, and she married Sean Penn. I mean, that that whole that, all that time right there, that's a whole movie. And then you have again with you know the like a prayer time. That's in the '90s when she's you know when she's bigger. You know, the, the, that's the, with the erotica album mm-hmm. that's coming yeah. out then. And she has you know that's who the Vita, the Truth or Dare documentary she had coming. Out. There's a lot going on there, and so to try to pack you know the roller coaster part of a journey, also uh, a league of their own was somewhere in yes. the middle of all oh that. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so if, if you're trying to do it as a roller coaster, that implies, well, I had these humble beginnings. I rose up to this. I became this mega star. People tried to tear me down. Well, that's, you know, 20 something years of life. And I think that, you know, the, you know, any biopic I've seen, the longer you try to cover in a movie in terms of time, then it's diminishing returns. Right. The, the best, you know, I think mean, a lot of the better movies, you know, when you see that, like, you know, like a Bohemian Rhapsody, they really did kind of, you know, they touched on a little bit of the early stuff, but they focused on a few years yeah. of, of, the, of the Queen story to, to make the movie work. And so you'd have to focus in, whereas I think that she would be, the inclination would be too self-indulgent to try to include well, I want to include 15 years of my life. And it's like, well, you know, yeah. your life's had a lot happen. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. that'd be my yeah. concern. Then there's the whole, you know, who who gets cast in that role. And then, yeah, you mentioned Sean Penn. Who plays young Sean Penn? Who plays Warren Beatty? You know, all these, these you know, people that were in her life that are recognizable named people that, you know, clearly can't play themselves in the film anymore. You've sure, got that sure whole sort can. of like... Steve, you, you, are, you are underselling the value of a de-aged I, Rosanna <laughs> Arquette. <laughs> I forgot. Yes, yes. You're right. We just bring everybody back and de-age them. De-age them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I would do. I would do that. I would do. uh, uh, You know, (laughs) Shanghai surprise. (laughs) Who's that? Circa 1987. Who's that girl? 
yeah. Yeah, that was. That yeah. truck with that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a movie that if you haven't seen, don't. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, well, I certainly don't want to diminish the the cultural value of Madonna because I right. was a straight I am a straight up fan of Madonna. I, I think she is, um, you know, she has done an awful lot uh, for music and culture. And uh, she's certainly worth talking about. I think she has a it, it's a complicated biopic to tell. Um, while we're on this topic, though, I do want to pivot and just make a straight up plug for my new very favorite podcast, if I may. Do you mind? Please do. I'm going to sh- I just want to I just want to show you I'm going to put up the camera so you can see. I just want to know what I just want to know what you guys think of this. This is official in partnership with Warner Brothers and I'll just say the estate and it's this right there. What? Yeah. This is the official Prince podcast, and it, it makes me think about all of the things that we're supposed to think about with regard to uh, these cultural icons. And I'll tell you, uh, this, this, I just, I, as a, I mean, I'm a giant Prince fan. I'm a giant Prince fan, bigger Prince fan than Madonna fan by a country mile. And uh, this podcast makes me weep a little bit every single time I listen to a new episode. So today's episode was uh, the story of Sign of the Times, episode four, but they've done 1999. They've done I mean, it's it's a pretty new podcast, but it is straight up great. And the access they have to the music and the the uh, band members. uh, it's fantastic. So uh, I would say hold off on your Madonna and go listen to the Prince podcast and uh, for your uh, bit of uh, yeah. 80s, 90s nostalgia. Yeah, I'm going to just go quiet for a bit while I subscribe. I had a feeling. Actually, I kind of, that was a little bit of a podcast grenade I threw at Ocean right Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. You, you kind of did. I'm, I'm, I knew I'm, that was... I, I'm a, yeah, I'm a massive uh, Prince yeah. fan. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got a She-Hulk. This is the, this is big news. We're talking about yes. She-Hulk has been cast. Did you guys have an idea in your mind who would be the perfect She-Hulk before you heard this news? Have you I, been thinking a lot about She-Hulk? I no, I didn't. I didn't know that was in, was that uh, in the works. I had no idea this show. Yeah, it's up, a I Disney thought, Plus oh, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I haven't been you know keeping track of what the you know the whole Disney Plus Marvel shows were. So this one caught me by surprise. No, it caught me by surprise as well. I yeah. I, I was completely unaware of it. Um, I'm not even uh, after reading it. I wasn't. I'm not very familiar with the work of the person of the of the woman that they cast to play. <gasps> I, yeah, I know. I know. It's not. Oh. Yes, I did not see Black Orphan. Um, Orphan, so, Black. Um, Orphan Black. Orphan Black. Okay. Oh, well, my I didn't see that. I didn't, you're <laughs> so racist. I didn't see that show either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, so since I, I wasn't aware of it, I wasn't thinking about it or anything like that. I mean, She-Hulk is also just, you know, she, at least, you know, as a, as a, you know, I'm a pretty sizable comic book fan. And even in my universe, She-Hulk is a very minor character. You know, she was kind of like, you know, there, there were some plucky jokes here and there about her, but you know, nothing took too, took too seriously. So, yeah. you know, it's like when, when this comes out, I might watch it, especially if we're still, you know, all stuck in our homes. Uh, but, you know, this isn't something that I was, you know, let's say looking forward, looking, looking, you know, looking forward, looking forward to, not excited about it, but, you know, more power to him. Okay. First of all, the answer that I was looking for originally was... And I know you guys, are, this is going to be completely lost on you, but to the few people who are listening who are actually thinking about this casting, tell me it shouldn't have gone to Alison Brie. What? Alison, that's right. You guys don't have to say anything because everybody out there is listening to that saying, Pete, 
You just fixed She-Hulk. That is amazing. <laughs> it should have been Allison Brie uh, because she could totally pull off the attorney by day, uh, yes, muscle-bound monster by night. She is. Uh, it's not Allison Brie. It is another fantastically cast uh, actor for this role. It's Tatiana Maslami from uh, Orphan Black. Yes, also from more recently uh, Perry Mason on HBO, where she played a, a religious zealot cult leader and. And she was great. What a terrific show. More people should be talking about that show now. She was just fantastic. Uh, but the fact that she played, you know, 90% of the characters in Orphan Black, which, yeah. was, which was also terrific. She's incredibly talented. I just didn't see it. And uh, so I'm having to adjust, having to adjust a little bit. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm I'm glad to see that they're they're clearly throwing some money at it for yeah. Disney Plus. So it, it should be uh, I, I'm ready to get our first spate of uh, Disney Plus shows like big Marvel Disney Plus shows yes. out there. It's really I just want the She-Hulk. Well, well yeah. and I think it's a smart move for, because after, you know, the whole big, you know, end game and all of that, there was such a well architected, you know, mega story one of the strengths of the comic books is these these side smaller characters and these yeah. little stories and all that and the big screen is not the right environment for that so i, I love that they're doing this to offer something up and i think that they the, the diversity of the characters that they're going to be doing the different types of stories uh something they couldn't pull off on network tv because they 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 had you had what they, could, they couldn't make Agent Carter stick really well. That only did, what, a couple seasons? And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did, what, seven seasons? That just that just ended. I mean, that mm -hmm. that was that. But that was it really... It ended well, too, I yeah. have to say. But well. here, I think, yeah, I, by having sort of, for lack of a better term, like a captive audience within you know your Disney Plus subscribers, you know you've got the people there, uh, you've got the eyeballs there, and that they will show up for this stuff. And I, I like the flexibility. I think it should give them in, in storytelling and what they need to do with this. So I'm, I'm not like a huge you know Marvel fan or anything, but if you're going to pick an interesting character and find a unique story to tell with it, then I'm all on board for it. Yeah, no, I, I am a Marvel fan and do definitely am looking forward to the various better uh, shows that they have. You know, the, the Loki one. I'm hoping that comes out soon. The I think the Loki one's supposed to read. I read supposed to can now come out before the uh, Winter Soldier Falcon show. Now that they're actually going to try to then start bringing those out in the you know in the late fall, yeah. early next year, and that'll happen. And if She Hulk is a few years away, uh, you know, honestly, for, for my personal opinion, I, I would. I wish they would have put that effort into bringing back Daredevil. Oh, right? Because Daredevil was totally. a great Netflix show. They could just it just transitions right over. You just put it, you know, put it on there and then start pumping out more episodes. That that show was was great. It was three seasons in. It was finding its groove and just, you know bring that over. The, the the other Defender shows, yeah, it's a mixed bag. I can take them. I can leave them. But uh, but the Daredevil show was great, and I wish they'd have brought that one over. Yeah, and the the problem is we've lost Charlie Cox, and he was just like, I, what is going on with him in the Marvel universe? Because I need him uh in our <laughs> as our street level hero you know yeah, like he was yeah. just so good he was so good yes. as yeah. daredevil so i don't know i i well i did see an article that said that marvel is reportedly set to open talks with charlie cox in december for a daredevil return yeah i would take that i would take that above all of this stuff other stuff yes oh, i know yeah. it's but it's yeah. one of these things where i'm like <laughs> yeah that's it's always fun to have those speculative dreamy rumors out there yeah. I yeah. do like it that it feels yeah. like the <laughs> Endgame happened, which threw the Marvel Universe into chaos. And yeah. now the Marvel Universe is fully in chaos. Like, yeah. who knows oh, what the next yeah. thing right. they're going to announce is. Yeah. Okay, so we've got uh, we, we've got five stories left. Pick one. Is it going to be 
Kate Winslet on working with celebrated pedophiles? Celebrated pedophiles? Yeah. Is so. it going to be Batman <laughs> and COVID? No. Is it going to be Star Trek shouldn't make movies anymore? What? Mm. going to be? That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, Pete, you, you pick because so, I threw yeah, in so. stories, Ocean threw in stories. You contributed, nada, you pick. You know, I, I feel like I could talk about any one of these, but the one that I'm, I'm most curious about, and it is because Ocean picked it if he was gunning for a fight, uh, is the Star Trek uh, angle. I just don't know if he and I have another James Bond between <laughs> us here. Oh. I, I don't know. So do you, I guess, do you want me to start with what I, what I, what I think that, yeah. Well, so, and what is the story? Article, like, yeah. what is, was this just, this was just an opinion essay from Dusty Stowe. Okay, yeah. So it was opinion, it was opinion essay from uh, on Screen Rant, and it was discussing whether or not uh, Star Trek is better served to be a television to be television shows instead of movies. That uh, the, you know the, the basic premise of the argument was that most of the movies uh, that so let me back up. The basic premise of it was really more that the television show of Star Trek gave you multiple layers of things to enjoy. Not you had deep you know complicated storylines. You had a lot of character development, character building. You had world building. You had adventures. You had a lot of things that, you know, serially, serially mattered, right? You know, decisions were made that were then re, you know, readdressed, you know, in multiple episodes or even seasons later, it creating a multiple layered effect of a television show, which was the greatness of the Star Trek shows. And there's several to choose from. And with the movies, though, the movies be, were more of a kind of a big, you know, either a big episode or a big kind of like, you know, like a slice of, of a slice of a thing, a slice of the story, but not necessarily didn't give you the deep emotional contact context of, you know, the different characters uh, inside themselves that each story was a self-contained kind of like, you know, an, an action, somewhat of an action flick and that they, they all had various mixed results. Like, you know, Star Trek, the Star Trek, the original motion picture, while visually stunning from everything at the time is, you know, re- looked at as this, you know, it's not, it's not a very interesting, compelling story. It's not a great movie. You know, Star Trek two, on the flip side is is a great movie but a lot of that is you know in the, in the opinion the, in the opinion of the article drawn from well it draws from the the old television show that Ricardo Montalban was in you know in the uh was the Earth Seed or the whatever the Seed was that show and you know bringing that character in so that way now you're dealing with these characters that have you know known each other for you know 30 years and now they're dealing with the 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 after effect or the results of the decisions they made in their youth and you know trying to then resolve those things with you know starships and lasers um, and so so the, the 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 argument or the discussion point really is um, is Star Trek a better served vehicle as a TV show and that they should just abandon making movies? Uh, because even if you look at the current stuff, you know, the first, uh, the, you know, the the first, the new, the reboot, the first one of the reboot was, you know, there's a nice fun story. They created the Kelvin timeline and, you know, and it was, you know, it was nice, new and exciting and great to see the characters back again. But then after that, it started getting, you know, lackluster reviews, lackluster box office, you know, and because the, these stories were kind of just, you know, they were just stories thrown up against the wall. They didn't seem to have the same context and depth you get from following these characters, you know, week in and week out through episodic television. So I, I for one, all am I, I did find myself. And this may be where we fight, Pete. Then uh, I, for one, did find myself convinced that yes, they should stop making movies, right? The, you know, be, you know, the, because the television shows are great, you know, and I can, I can. I can give you, you know, half hour of diatribe about why I think Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek show, right? But then if you thought that, you know, that, uh, you know, the next generation was the best one or Voyager was the best one, or, you know, all these other shows with all these deep, different meanings and subjects and cultures, you know, I think that you would, you know, that's, that's fine. Everyone has their opinion, but they're, they're all great. And the movies aren't. And as much as I love most of the shows, 
I don't love all the movies. I mean, there's several of those movies that I'm not watching again. You know, like I mean, Star Trek Five. I I pretend didn't happen. Right? You know, and then so, and really, even with the next generation ones, which I love, the next generation, seen every episode of the TV show after First Contact, which was the last movie based on kind of what happened in the TV show, that that thing went off. Those movies went off the rails. You know, so I mm-hmm. I do think that that the. I think that the the story of Star Trek lends itself to lends itself to being what it was originally, and that is a television show. I was hoping that we would fight about this because I love our fights, but I don't have a point of disagreement. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't believe it. I guess the only place where we might disagree is on like you know what phase of the moon it is depends on which series i like the most but i like yeah, them yeah. all i'm a yeah. straight up voyager fan right like yeah. i love that i love uh, i love deep space 9 i was deeply connected to especially later seasons of deep space 9 but frankly the work that they're doing right now in in star trek television discovery season 1 was fantastic discovery season 2 was better uh, i am looking yeah. forward to star trek strange new worlds uh, the the captain pike spin-off uh, uh, unlike any other series that's out there like i just am deeply interested in what they're doing oh picard make an picard, old man yeah. run upstairs i would see that <laughs> all day that was it was great and i think what they're doing for the next season the reports coming out for the next season of picard are are just fantastic and i think some of the best captains are coming out of of television right now too in terms of the idols of star trek lore uh they're doing some really great work i i think though i i wouldn't want to undersell the value of star trek cinema they have done some incredible work on the big screen, too. And I think when you look at, um, you know, uh, you, you haven't heard Shakespeare until you've heard it in its original Klingon. Like, the, it's just there's some just beautiful and precise uh, filmmaking going on in some of these movies. And um, I, I think it's lost its way. I think that's the big challenge here is it's lost its direction and it's lost its leadership. And that the most sort of salient uh, critical and creative leadership has moved into uh, series television for Star Trek. And, you know, I'm OK with it. I mean, I think that it comes down to, and I think, you know, the, the point is the stories that they've chosen to tell. Yes, television works best because it is such an expansive universe, because it depends on getting to know these characters over multiple episodes and we in, in seasons and seeing them grow. But the thing that that makes me think of is what's the closest thing to that cinematically that I've seen? And that's these really expansive, well-structured franchises when you when you look at this the the arc of tony stark over the whole all these you know, this whole marvel cinematic universe and and why endgame was such a devastating film to watch because we had had that same experience over whatever 20 films with all of these characters why do people you know why are people so upset about the the star wars franchise because it lost its way and it it, it broke down into we're just going to tell these stories versus George Lucas had an architected structure. And I think that's what Star Trek would need to get to would be we're going to tell a sequence of stories uh, that are part of a larger arc. That's what it needs. It, the, the, that's what I think happened with the the reboot is they, they, did, they started off in a great spot with rebooting things with the whole time thing. And I thought, OK, where does this go? They didn't know where to go. They, they did a, a rehash of Wrath of Khan and then they did a little one off story and there wasn't enough continuity 
connective tissue between all of these to say, here's the arc of J- of this James T. Kirk. That's where I think the, the franchise would need to go, would be, let's tell a larger story where we take these characters through some things over over time, like a season of a TV show. Give them the ups and downs. Well, that's where TV is so yeah. good. I, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the I think the bigger challenge with the with the uh, Star Trek re- reboot is that they made these choices to remake other Star Trek movies. Yes. And yeah. in, in yeah. many, many important ways. And uh, I had a great deal of fun watching oh, them. Sure. But yeah. I, there I just I walked out of the restaurant hungry immediately. Yeah. Yes. Like. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, I, I think that's a bigger problem. Yeah. And that's that's the creative and the lack of creative yeah. leadership and fear of taking any risks on, you know, uh, on new story ideas. I think that's a that's a real challenge. And I don't think we have that same problem with Discovery and with, uh, you know, Mandalorian and with like this is this is where we're experimenting. And if that's where we are right now, yeah. I'll I'll, right. I'll go along the ride. Yep. Let's do trailers. Yes. OK. I didn't go first. I didn't get in here first. I know, first? no. Do, do I, I know I get to go first, but do I get to go first since I swapped it out at the last minute? <laughs> is that is that is that uh, my game? Yeah, I think that's a mistake in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> but I had I had one, and then you know, right at the last minute here. Uh, so earlier today, this trailer uh, dropped for the Wolf of Snow Hollow, which I picked because. Written, directed, starring Jim Cummings, who I just discovered earlier this year with his amazing film, Thunder Road. And this is the story of... I, I tried to get a sense of the tone of this because it's a horror. F- it reminds me of X Files. It's got these horror elements, like a monster movie. But you've got this cop that's got. There seems to be some comic elements to this because we've got terror gripping this small mountain town, a full moon, and we've got this this police officer who's who's going to catch this guy and ki- I mean bring him to justice. I'm John. I'm an alcoholic. I've been in the program now for six years. Sober for three. This is scary. It's new. I never saw a body like that. There's gonna be a lot of late nights and overtime because of the brutal murder that happened in town. And I didn't want to set up expectations that I can't keep. Our expectations of you are very low. Spans the back. I'm in it for the suspense. I'm in it for the thrills. I'm in it for for the jokes. When the sheriff says, "Well, I'd, I, you know, I'd, I'd pray, ask everybody to pray, but..." For the damn lawyers, uh, we get to see uh, Robert Forster. You know, uh, so I'm I'm thrilled about this. It's coming October 9th. I don't know when where this is going to hit. This is from Orion Films. I can't imagine it's going into theaters. But there was nothing that said coming to anywhere. It just said coming soon. And IMDb says October 9th. It's the perfect you know movie for for Halloween. A horror thriller comedy. Uh, and if if you haven't seen uh, Thunder Road, go check that out to get a sense of this. But apparently Jim Cummings likes writing movies around these these flawed police officers because we've got another one of them here in this film. Uh, what did I you- thought this was the sequel to Wolf Cop. And then it almost <laughs> looks like the sequel to Wolf Cop. <laughs> Uh, I know. I thought this was fantastic. It's got it's got so much great funny in it, like really dry, subversive funny. And uh, I think it's just uh, I think it looks absolutely great. I'm I'm really excited to see it. I don't know. I haven't seen Thunder Road. I feel like I should have seen Thunder Road as as homework um, uh, before this thing. But um, uh, Jim Cummings is, uh, you know, he's 
he is quite a talent and he has a fantastic sense of humor. Yeah, I I, I guess that would be the, the moderately wet blanket in this one. <laughs> I, I had a I had a tepid response wah, to, wah. To, <laughs> yes, to the to this trailer. I think that I think when I when I saw from the saw the trailer, I I got the tone that it was going for. There was the humorous part of the fish out of water uh, cop who's then trying to basically tell everybody that what they're seeing isn't true and that you know what what he thinks is the reality is the reality uh, when in fact people are getting killed by a giant wolf. Um, and so I think that the premise looks good and it looks kind of humorous what they're trying to do with it. And but there's just kind of you know I think that there there's pieces of it that I can't quite describe where it's like I just don't know that this is necessarily for me and then they it kind of started to lose me at the end of the trailer because the wolf stands up on his hind legs yes it's right? a werewolf and, and at that point it's like so it's a, is it Bigfoot now or you <laughs> know like, what are we what yes. are we dealing with here you know so so yeah I I, I found that you know it was one of those movies where it's like well. And that, yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm just. It's kind of like uh, maybe. Oh my see, God, that's I for me. It's, it's, know, it just it's the X Files part of it. That's yeah. that's what I get from that yeah. because it's it can tread on both of those sides. Of yeah. is it is because is it a werewolf? Is it somebody dressing up as a werewolf? Is it is it is it Bigfoot actually? I don't know. And the thing is, I don't care because to me, it's going to be the exploration of the everybody says this is what's going on and I'm going to hold fast to what I believe and we'll, we'll find out who's wrong. And to me, that's that'll be the thrill of this, of, of seeing what the, the commentary is about when one man's standing up against the society telling him this is what is going on, because I think that's, for me, the interesting aspect of this and the, the, the whole, you know, Wolfman thing is just icing on the cake on top of that. Such juicy icing. I don't know if icing is juicy. Sweet, sweet. I, it's, it's sweet. It's sweet. Icing. Okay. So, uh, so right. Pete, go to Amazon Prime or Canopy, and you can watch Thunder Road. That's your homework for this weekend. Oh, a- absolutely. I'm on it. <laughs> All right, Ocean. What do you yes. got? Yeah. Uh, so I chose. Uh, so the movie I chose is called Freaky, and um, so the synopsis uh, from the movie is. After swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer. Well, stop. Don't even do anymore. (laughs) (laughs) A a young girl in high school discovers that she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. I have like less than six hours to swap back or I'm going to be stuck in this body forever. We're gonna get killed by murder, Barbie. Uh, the tr- trailer itself, it, it is you know created. It's a movie created and made by the same people that made the Happy Death Day movies. Um, so it looks, you know, so it has that look and tone to it. Um, I think that the, the movie, for me personally, has you know three main things that I definitely like. One is it's an interesting take on the Freaky Friday movies. I uh, <laughs> I like the Freaky Friday movies, right? I, I like the the old one from the seventies, and I loved the Jamie Lee Curtis Lindsay Lohan version, and I don't care who knows it. I thought that wow. was a well done, funny. Bold yes, that was words. a well done. Yes, it was a well done, funny <laughs> movie, and I like the Freaky Friday format. Two, I like Vince the Vaughn. Freaky Friday format, hey, man. I'm that's putting right. that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to register that as a trademark. All right. So Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn is always funny. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. I've, even in bad movies, Vince Vaughn is funny. Even in movies where he's not supposed to be funny, Vince Vaughn is funny. And so <laughs> I find Vince Vaughn, I find Vince Vaughn entertaining and funny and he looks great in this trailer as the, I guess he starts the movie as a serial killer and then spends the bulk of the movie as a 16 year old girl. 
And then, uh, then the third, it has uh, the third, which I already did talk about, was having that Happy Death Day vibe. Uh, they do share the same director. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, you can have it in movies while people are being killed every few minutes. There's, you know, there was decent scenes in the movie. To, you know, not only there was a lot of humor, but even a couple of jump scenes in, in the trailer that looked at where I, where I already liked. And so, um, uh, the other thing I do also enjoy is that uh, Christopher Landon, who is the director has already confirmed that this movie exists in the same universe as Happy Death Day. Oh, uh, of course. course. That's the However, money shot right <laughs> yes, there. Yes. However, for those for those of you like me that are Happy Death Day fans and have seen all of them, he has not confirmed which dimension it is. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So think about yes. that. <laughs> yes. And I am I am impressed in this movie. Not only did it look entertaining, it was great, but I'm impressed that we are getting universe building out of movies that are not based on comic books yes oh, so good oh yes it comes their current release date is november the 13th now in the trailers it'll tell you that it's coming out in theaters it's not coming no out it's not theaters. coming out in theaters <laughs> so, no so you're, you we may have to wait a little bit longer for that this right, is this, this is somebody cut out. the trailer months ago they they threw it in the th- like this will post on this day because it'll be around halloween it'll post in late september we'll get things ready and it, it just sort of was on autopilot because i mean it's the perfect timing for this movie uh i i'm so on board for this it's it's taking i mean it goes all the way back to Wes craven's scream of movies being hyper aware when you've got char- characters running away saying oh my gosh i'm gay and you're black we're not gonna make it you know it's those yeah. things if this were a horror <laughs> movie, movie i'd be the, the first, first to die, die. You're right exactly. and there's, yes all of those things that we can laugh at and i love when it's a smart <laughs> film that knows how to play around with those conventions of the genre happy death day did a great job of that so when i saw that connection i thought i am so on board with this, I love what they did in the, the Happy Death Day to You, of where, and I, which we've talked about on the show, of taking that and just blowing that up into something much larger. So, hearing this is part of that whole world, I love this sandbox that they're going to be playing around in. And I'm looking forward to this and anything else that they do. My trailer comes, it, this is one that I'm surprised nobody has talked about. The, the, it, it's been, uh, it's one of those that was, supposed to release in theaters three or four times um and uh, it's been in production at some level since 2012 but the reason i'm surprised no one has talked about it while i'm looking sternly at steve is that it is described as quote a post-apocalyptic road movie in the vein of mad max and Zombieland with a john hughes-esque love story <laughs> and that feels like it's more kind of yes. In the park <laughs> of Mr. Sarmento than yes. anybody else. But I, I saw this trailer and I thought it was adorable. I'm talking, of course, about love and monsters. Uh, and uh, for those of you who wondered what happened at after the end of Guardians 2 with old Michael Rooker, he ended up here <laughs> after the monster apocalypse. And he looks great. He's doing fine, y'all. He's fine. Uh, it is a road movie of uh, characters who are trying to cross the landscape, 85 miles, in, and that landscape happens to be full of giant monsters, slime, bodies of slime, insectoids, uh, big spiders. It looks uh, hideous, uh, full of what looks to be some great special effects, probably some fun jokes. It's a Paramount thing, also an MTV Films thing, um, so that may be uh, that may be a signal for, for what kind of movie uh, it is. The day of the monster uprising was the day I lost everyone. 
Only a small fraction of humanity survived to move underground. I've been scanning for Amy the entire time. And now, I finally found her. Joel! Hey! Joel! Amy, is that you? Oh my god! Hey! How far away is Amy's colony? 85 miles. It's an impossible journey. Everyone will try to kill you. Don't fight. Just run and hide. Uh, okay. Yes, this is this is my kind of thing. Um, it reminded me of tonally. It reminded me of Warm Bodies, but story wise, yes. reminded me of like Cloverfield. Of like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this horror movie to get to to get to the girl. Um, yeah, the, there's something about it's maybe it's the MTV Films aspect of it. I know that it, it just it's it's lighter than I would want it to be because I would really like this to be darker, but it's going to be what it is. And it's got, you know, yeah. the music play, all that. It's going to be fun. This is something that yeah, teenagers are, it's marketed to them. Hey kids, go see this movie. It's about love, but it's also got great effects and monsters and all that great stuff. You know, this is like the 2020 version of like uh drive in, you know, theater B monster movies. I mean, that's, you know, what this, what this is fun, I'll look forward to watching this on my TV screen. Nothing I would go into the theater for, but it's going to be just a fun popcorn movie. I mean, that's that's what it is. Right, right where, you know, as you pointed out, yes, this probably should have been my trailer, but... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> well, I, I agree that the movie does look like it uh, looks like a lot of fun and very entertaining. Um, I... Uh, of the of the mosh of the mashing together of movies you described, I definitely did have the zombie land feel of the whole thing the whole time when I was watching the trailer. Um, I also uh, felt that it was, you know, an improvement on Pacific Rim in that it's like if the <laughs> monsters from Pacific Rim yeah. had invaded and we didn't have those stupid slow robots, yeah, right, free of the shackles yeah. of robots, exactly, yeah, free of the shackles of those stupid robots. And then you know, then this is the movie that would have that would have come out. But yeah, no, it, it looks it looks funny, entertaining. Um, it does, you know, give you that you know that nice warm fuzzy feeling of you know someone that will do anything for love, including cross 85 miles of, of terrain with um you know that uh with littered with monsters with a dog who i just have a feeling from the trailer that dog is something else yeah like that, that dog's a star the dog is going to turn up. into something like a yeah the dog's gonna turn into a monster yeah. or a, you know, <laughs> you know it, it, the dog the dog's gonna have some twist i'm sure um but yeah no it, it looks it looks like a fun entertaining movie and something that i look forward to watching on my tv at home yeah you're going to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I feel like I, I heard that this was in the same cinematic universe as 1996's hit film, Joe's Apartment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and cockroaches? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Oh, Jerry O'Connell, where are you? Uh, you're going to be able to see this very movie on October 16th uh, on Internet. Is where you're going to see internet? it. Uh, okay, it, internet. it's yeah, it's a, they booted it for theaters three times. They kept trying, kept trying, and finally, this is a movie that gave up. They just want to start making some money, so go give them some money. I think it should be fun. Uh, Love and Monsters, October sixteenth on internet. Let's do the list. What's it? it's based on? What it's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. We ended up with three choices from the team: Mythical Weapons female action stars, and hyper-choreographed violence. Those were our choices, and nobody cares about mythical <laughs> weapons or hyper-choreographed violence at all. Uh, everybody wanted to talk about female action stars. And so that is what we shall talk about today. Yes. 
And Steve. well, we need to talk about that a gauntlet was thrown down that the list yeah. should not include aliens or terminators because we because it's just, you know, Ripley and Sarah Connor are just sort of like that those are givens. Those are right up there. Yes. So to yeah, so the challenge was to, to can you avoid those? And I think the thing is there are plenty to choose from. There's there's quite a bit out there. My challenge was what have you guys not talked about on the show? You know, either yeah. on your show or or film board. So where where do we go? And so I I had to dig in and I went with a little film that I had heard good things about and then watched and was completely blown away and surprised. And uh, it's one of these films that I think a lot of people didn't see. Uh, and maybe they're going to rediscover it now since it's now been turned into an Amazon Prime series. But I'm talking about the 2011 film uh, from Joe Wright, Hannah, about a 16-year-old girl who was raised by her father to be the perfect assassin. And an amazing uh, cast with Eric Bana and Kate Blanchett and uh, Saoirse Ronan. That's my first pick. Lady oh, action that's stars. A good, that's yes. a good pick. Yeah. And I will say, the Amazon spinoff show is it, great. Very good. I have yeah. not had yeah. a chance yeah. to start yeah. that yeah. yet. Watch the, I actually watched the show, but not the movie. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really, but I really do enjoy the show. Outstanding. Yeah. All right. All right. Ocean, what's your, right. what's your first pick? Okay. Well, um, I, well, I did respect the gauntlet that was dropped for the, uh, no Linda, Linda Hamilton or Sigourney Weaver. Um, <laughs> however, I'm sure I will fail the, we've never talked about it on the, on the show. Um, so my, uh, first movie pick for action heroes was, um, what I did is I actually went to my own personal flick chart page and, and I looked at what is actually my, uh, my flick chart on ocean underscore PDX and my number one movie on my flick chart page is a movie. It's a, it's a, it's a shy, quiet movie about a lady who, uh, has, befalls an accident, uh, has, you know, it was sleeping for about a cup, sleeping for a few years and wakes up and realizes that she is no longer pregnant. And she blames one person for this, that her, that she's been shot in the head and she's woken up and her child has been taken from her and she blames Bill. And so now she is going to wake up, rehab, rehabilitate and kill Bill. So <laughs> okay. Kill Bill volume one. You really, you really got Thurman. every bite out yes. of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Kill nice. Bill uh, volume one, Uma Thurman. Yes. So that, that is uh, my uh, uh, first action female hero, um, hero one. And that's one of the, one of the things I did like about that with her was I was trying to pick movies where the the uh-huh. lead actresses aren't always in action movies, and so unless you count the Avengers, and no, not the good one, the one that was from the, <laughs> in the mid '90s, she's predominantly not in action movies. Right, right. Okay, well, I'm as going third as blessing and a curse. I it's, it's risky because I feel like given the gauntlet that has been thrown possible for some steals here i I think i will start with i'm gonna i'm gonna go right off of uh ocean's tip and i'm gonna stick with tarantino and uh, Mm -hmm. i'm gonna pick a a kiwi action uh performer by the name of zoe bell this is a movie that Mm -hmm. i have uh i've picked before in in the list for different reasons this one is death proof uh zoe bell is was a stunt performer and she was actually the stunt woman for uh, uma thurman in kill bill she so it, over the course of working with her on, on other movies tarantino said you know i think i'm gonna i'm gonna send you a script and he sends her the script and she actually has a part in the actual movie right. and so she's one of the trio at the end that uh, uh that uh, does the final race she's actually the one who's hanging with the belt straps on the top of the of the challenger the uh, in that final race on the country road and she you know she's just hanging off the front of a car 
just doing her okay. thing at terrifyingly high speeds. She's great. She looks great. Um, you know, she's a stunt woman and she does the I'm strong and do crazy things stuff right uh, in this yeah. movie. So Zoe Bell. Great pick. That movie was great. I've seen it multiple times. Uh, I love uh, Kurt Russell. It's about a stuntman, Mike. Um, if I remember correctly, that's his name. And uh, But yeah, no, it's a, it's a great movie. And I think that, um, you, you know, the, the fact that I was impressed that she was able to pull off the acting portion of the role because I think that the, you know, the Tarantino really kind of got a, uh, hit a gold mine there with being able to have, you know, the stunt, since she is a stunt woman to be able to then do these basically single camera long shots of the actor on the top of the car, because in this movie, the actor's on top of the, the actor's car. on top of the car. Yeah. Right. You know, and they, yeah, and they really are doing up. everything. So yeah, no, it was, it was a great movie. Very enjoyable. So the the list category is what female action stars, right? So sure. So if so, this was the challenge of this list. I was like, well, what if I just want to pick a person and just say, well, there's a variety of films you could pick because I want to go with Charlize Theron, and you could say, oh, I don't know, Mad Max Fury Road. You could say Atomic Blonde. I will go with Atomic Blonde because I don't think we've picked that one on the list. And both of those films are high on my list, but I will go with Atomic Blonde because I think we've talked about Mad Max Fury Road a lot. I don't know that we've talked about Atomic Blonde as much on here, but no, and it's never been picked. And and which is amazing to me. And that is just I saw that in the theater and I had so much fun with that. Amazing stunts, amazing action sequences, a nice little, you know, Cold War spy thriller. If you have not seen it, go check it out. You are missing out on a great film. One hundred percent. And I'm going to give you a steal. Oh, uh, on this one. Charlie's Throne, South African uh, a movie star. She's, you know, what I love about that is that she really made this incredible pivot and, uh, in the mid, you know, the mid 2010s. Uh, and I don't know if you want to say that that was Fury Road, but, um, she, she changed the roles that she was taking and took a kind of ownership of her career, uh, as an action hero that uh that i think is is laudable i mean i'm i really am impressed by what she's done even though the last thing i went was that the guardians the old the, guard yeah it was sorry right. it was yeah. terrible yeah. i did not have a good time with that movie. i was frustrated by that movie. they set up that movie set up for a sequel that i w- wish had been the movie i watched that's right yeah i would like yeah, to see that yeah. movie yeah so yeah. anyway great steal great pick uh ocean what do you got well, I went with uh, the actress who was at the time lesser known in uh, starring in a movie that is gigantic and everybody's seen. Um, and I chose uh, Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix. Are you picking? Is, uh, is The Matrix the one you're picking? Or do you want to go with Revolutions? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the... <laughs> Uh, no, The Matrix is the better movie. Uh, the Matrix, what is it? Reloaded, the second one. That has the mm-hmm. best, the, the best action sequence I think has ever been put to film. Is, is the second one that there's that twenty minute sequence where they start in the house with Neo's fighting with the people in the house and ends with the truck at the end. I think that yeah, th- that that twenty minutes of cinema there, as far as action sequences that are entertaining, high acting, and I'm not getting bored uh, with it being that long. Mm-hmm. That's just the best action sequence ever. But the movie I'm picking for this is The Matrix, which if you haven't seen The Matrix, get out from underneath <laughs> your rock um, and, go, and go watch it because it is, it is a great mind-bending movie. I think that the interesting thing uh, that I had for me even personally with The Matrix was that um, 
because the Matrix came out, you know, 20 years ago now. And so I was uh, going to show it to my uh, teenage son. And uh turns out it did not go over as well as, as I would have anticipated. It did not because, and he didn't even make it through the whole movie. But I understand, some of it I understand though, in that the Matrix has has reached this point of where it has been imitated to such a degree that all the yeah, things that you original. and I saw when we saw it in theaters, that was mind-blowing. And oh my goodness, I've never seen, you know, this type of cinematography, this type of, you know, the, the, everything about it that was so mind-blowing when you originally saw it, now has been copied and done to death so much that for my teenage son, he's grown up watching, you know, this his whole life. So to him, it's no big deal when Neo's dodging the bullets or it's no big, you know, it's no big deal when they're with the different effects in the fight scene. So yeah, so, but it's, it, it is a great movie. Uh, like I said, if you haven't seen it, get out from underneath the rock. Uh, my second pick is, you know, I'm going to stay on Ocean's uh, lead on this one, too. Um, I watched this movie when we did our series um, on um, Lady Vengeance and Old Boy. And uh, there's some there's some straight up violence in there. And one of the movies that kept being referenced as a film that inspired so many others is this film. It also inspired, deeply inspired Kill Bill. I'm talking about the Lady Snowblood. And the star in that oh. film was Meiko Kaji. And if you go check out Meiko Kaji, she's not uh, she's done a number of films in addition to Lady Snowblood, which has some, I mean, direct homage to Kill Bill. Uh, it is um, deeply inspirational for that movie. but it, And so it's beautiful. It's weird. It's kind of a B-list thing. She was uh, that level of sort of Japanese cult icon uh, heroine on screen. It, we're not looking at Kill Bill level stunt work. It was, I'm going to walk up to you, slice you once, and then you're going to fall over dead. It's more like uh, Japanese exploitation cinema, <laughs> you know? <laughs> She's the Pam Greer of Japan, <laughs> circa 1976. Uh, but Lady Snowblood, I really enjoyed. I had a great time with that movie, and I think she is captivating. They do so many wonderful, like, just hero shots. She kills some guy. She throws a dart in his neck, and then she turns, and the camera's on her, and the shadows are perfect, and her makeup is perfect, and she's just beautiful and sexy. And Lady Snowblood, Meiko Kaji. Check it out. Steve. Uh, I'm torn. Because I, I have my, my tradition of picking a, a film that's been talked on the show to point people back to another show. So I, I'm going to go with that. I've got some backups that I'll talk about that were really close there. But I'm going to go with um, back in the spring of 1991, when my wife and I were in college and dating, we walked into a movie theater to watch this little... French action movie that exploded our brains and put us on the path of falling in love with Luc Besson when we saw in the theater La Femme Nikita and just fell in love with the story, the action. I don't know that it's going to, that it holds up because I think similar to The Matrix, there's been a lot of things that have upped the ante. But uh, in 1991, sitting in there and discovering this story, it, has just, it just holds a very special place in our hearts for this great story of a, of a young street rat that is uh, taken in and turned into an assassin. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I cannot believe how weird she was. And Pario, yeah. she was just so great at being damaged. Have you seen that original, Ocean? I have not. I've not seen it. Well, I've seen the 
I think it was more the television show is what I saw. Oh, okay. The, the actual movie. Okay, so that's always our first I, question. I, I, Ocean, I, this has been turned into yes. a TV series. Just to watch that for Ocean's seen the TV, TV series. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's no, his but, watch but, list, right? Was this a movie yeah, that was turned exactly, into a TV yeah. series? Boom, on my watch list. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw it then, yeah. No, I interestingly didn't know about this movie when it first, when it came out. It just wasn't on my radar at all. And I ended up learning about it because... I saw the uh, Bridget oh, yeah. no. it, uh, oh. Point of No Return. Oh, what and a... so when I, when I saw that and I heard that it was actually based on yeah. a much better yes. movie. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so I, I the only the, thing good that came show. out of that version of the movie was the soundtrack. They remastered some old Nina Simone yes. stuff. Yeah. And it was great. Yes. It was great. Agreed. I still, I, weirdly, I still play that soundtrack. Wait, I was wrong. I have seen that movie. I've seen the movie. The movie's great. Hey, that was a real yes. roller coaster wow. you just yeah. took us on. Did you pull, no, was, you pull up your flick chart? I, I check this flick chart. <laughs> there it is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, did, I didn't know we were going to go with that. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I just, I just you, you know, I just realized that I, I just remembered I, I haven't seen the movie. Because when you said Mina Simone, I remember that when I saw the movie, I was... Uh, that was the only part of it that I was disappointed to based uh, disappointed on comparing it to Point of No Return was that it was I didn't like the artist as much though she because she had the same in the French movie she has she's a she has some other singer she's obsessed right. with but it, it wasn't yeah, Nina Simone right. it wasn't so, Nina Simone yeah, right. yeah so right. I was like well why you know why didn't they just overdub Nina Simone into this because <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> French movie yes. because it was made first, first. <laughs> and in French, you know. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they did. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons. Okay, that was rhetorical. <laughs> yeah. Good. All yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it was rhetorical. Yeah, there's there's tons of reasons. <laughs> All right. What's your uh, what's your yeah. last pick? Okay, so my last pick uh, is in keeping with uh, movies. Well, my original goal of this was try to find movies where they were um, big action movies uh, with actresses at the lead that aren't normally in action movies. And so um, this is the, the my third pick is a little bit close. It's close-ish to that. She's done a couple other of action things, but not too much. Um, and it is, you know, in keeping a theme of I'm going to list movies that everybody's probably already seen. And it is um, it is uh, Cameron Diaz is the actress, and the movie is Charlie's Angels. And in that, when they, with her yeah. now in, in that movie, I could have picked Lucy yes. Liu or Drew Barrymore. Sure yeah. I, I just, I honestly, I chose Cameron Diaz because in the in the movie Charlie's Angels, they do have an in depth discussion about the different fighting styles of the ladies, and I aesthetically enjoyed Cameron Diaz's fighting style more than the other two. All right, Charlie's so, Angels is on the list. Yes, Has, have Charlie's we Angels. ever done? Charlie's Angels. The answer is no. Oh, look at that! I I backed into making it through the other goal too. <laughs> you sure did. Well yeah. played, sir. All right. I uh, my final pick uh, is tough because I had that Thrones deal. Oh, yeah. that was going to be my ace in the hole. I was going to start with the Devil's Advocate and see if I could give you a hint. It was just, <laughs> just <laughs> I was say, that was not an action flick. My uh, okay, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with one. I think we've talked about movies that she has been in, but I'm going to pick it now specifically because we're about to do a big old series. Okay, uh, where yeah. we talk about the lovely Kate Beckinsale. Yep. Uh, Kate is a uh, British actress and she has, you know, I, I really, 
I really like Kate Beckinsale a lot because she has been someone, one of those actresses who has so ably gone back and forth between these action movies and just you know straight drama and comedy. I think she's done some. She's she's done some. Uh, she has a really varied career. Um, you know her her fifty some odd credits, um, and and I think she's she's great. Also, Underworld. And they do the bullet turning thing in that one, <laughs> where she shoots through the floor. That that I now know is totally impossible because Steve, did you send that to yes. me? That's totally yes. fake. So, but it didn't matter because I still think it's awesome. Uh, and so I'm very excited to start our Underworld series uh, coming coming soon to a podcast near you. And after that, I'm never going to be able to pick Kate Beckinsale again. Yeah. So I got to get it in now. The question is, which Underworld movie am I picking her for? I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. I was getting... Do you, do you have know. to? No, I mean, I, I could, I could uh, pick your shoes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right, then it's Underworld. Letters from Iwo Jima is the next movie that we are talking about. Uh, have you seen Letters from Iwo Jima, both of you? Yes, I have. I've seen it and enjoyed it. Enjoyed it very much. I've seen neither of those because it's it's not the part. It's like letters. Flags of our fathers. Flags of our fathers. Yes, no. Yes, which was which got which got the big push, and then turns out wasn't that good. And Letter from Iwo Jima, which was lesser hyped, was the amazing movie of the two. Because it's told from such an incredible perspective, right? I mean, it's just a told from the perspective of the Japanese army that's sitting on Iwo Jima, about to be landed upon by uh, um, United or uh, Allied forces, and it's amazing their prep work. The the thing that that stands out for me is just how incredible Clint Eastwood did as a director uh, at at telling what is ultimately quite a patriotic story uh, about you know the the um the japanese i mean it was just it was lovely it, did, it didn't ring of that sort of saccharine americanism stuff to me um of course i i probably missed a lot um anyway we have to think then about categories and uh, what are you thinking for those we have some suggestions. Andy comes in and he gives us this whole list, and I try not to look at him. I'm like holding. It I, I haven't seen the suggestions yet. I will go off the first one that I thought of. Let's do it. Uh, start here with uh, movies depicting a lost cause. <gasps> oh, lost because cause. I, yeah. great yes. idea. Yeah, because and then this one, I because that's one thing that I found interesting. At least you know, part of when I was watching the movie, uh, my enjoyment of the movie is. You know, about halfway through, you know, you still recognize, okay, I'm an American. I know the Allies win. I want America to win. I don't want Japan to win. This is World War II. But you start kind of, you know, feeling for the Japanese characters a bit more. Yeah. You almost want them to overcome this, the, you know, this obstacle that you they they know, you know, everybody knows they're not gonna they're not gonna win. They're not mm-hmm. gonna make it. And then you start wanting them to, you know, maybe you know, then you start thinking, well, maybe because you're watching it as a movie, maybe they'll you know yeah. figure out a way to <laughs> maybe find it's a come maybe the, this was a comeback film after star, all. You know, yes. Comeback. Yeah, it's a comeback. Yeah. You know, and then and then after a while, you kind of resign yourself to like, okay, well, maybe they don't have to just all die. Right? Yeah. Maybe they, these few characters that I care about, hopefully, they live to the end of the movie, even though everybody loses, right? And so, I, I like movies. You know, I think that it's an interesting uh, theme of movies to, to talk about, or you know, and that can be taken many different ways. But they're a true lost cause. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of setting, this movie takes place in large part in tunnels. Uh, it really celebrates the Japanese network of tunnels under Iwo Jima. And so there is a suggestion here about tunnel movies, movies that take place in or around tunnels. 
that wasn't that a topic okay. back uh, when you were doing the French uh, prison break movies? Wasn't there one of the options tunnels? Maybe people didn't pick it. I can't remember, but I have nothing okay. in the, in the uh, history. Okay, all right. Around digging or tunneling or any okay. other sort of all right. underground. So that's an option. Uh, another suggestion: uh, World War II films from other perspectives or new perspectives, focusing on the losers, uh, island battles, writing letters. Famous fights uh, or disagreements <laughs> among leaders are, are, are suggested <laughs> suggested uh, uh, categories. We have yet to check the IMDb keywords. Steve, do you have those up? <laughs> well, you can put island battles in there. Nobody will pick that. So, you know, like, this is a one. So. Apparently, there's uh, killing a dog. Um <laughs> Let's see. Oh, what no. Writing letters. Okay, there you go. Yes, letter uh, writing. Japanese famous Japanese soldiers. There you go. Um, no. And, okay. uh, chamber pot movies with chamber pots. You know there is the uh, there's definitely the classic Iwo Jima poop bucket scene yes. that does that does exist. We could do classic chamber pots of movies. You know I'm going to put that in there. That's going to be no, our third. It's going to be a spoiler. The spoiler. Classic <laughs> movie chamber pots. Uh, uh, so, I think okay. I think the thing that Ryan the most options might be World War II films from a different from a, from other perspectives. Um, what about? Can we? Can I broaden it? Yeah. War films from a different sure, perspective. Sure, you can do that. Yeah. All right. I mean, there's plenty of World War II movies out there. But what does it mean different? Yes. Perspective. Yeah, oh, like you mean, not the American That seems wildly, yeah, oh, okay. wildly so, U.S. centric. Or not the perspective of the European white guys that became <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what, right. what's the perspective? Is that, what we're, is that what we're hiding? Are those are the specific <laughs> words we're trying not to say? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're trying to say. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, so how do you put how do you put that? Um, Maybe it is. Is then do we just go? Let's focus on the losers because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> captured in Lost Cause. Yes, yes, no, it, it, yeah. it is. But I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. World War Two yeah. films from a, a new perspective. So uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of ways that could that could go because it could be from which side it's on. It could be from civilian versus you know the heroic soldier. So there's I got it. What have you got? War movies from a perspective that isn't yours. There you go. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, All right. So so for me, that's most. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, what was it that Jack Handy said? Before you insult a man, make sure you walk a mile in his shoes. Then when you do insult him, you're a mile away from him <laughs> and wearing his shoes. <laughs> War movies from a perspective, perspective that isn't yours. yours. Yes. All right. Don't worry, you guys. It will not be picked. And besides, we're not on the show next week anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who has downloaded and listened to this show. If you want to hang out with us and actually have a shot at picking this 
next week's challenge, what movies we're going to talk about next week, Lost Cause movies, war movies from a perspective that isn't yours, or classic movie chamber pots, all you have to do is uh, is, is head over to patreon.com slash the next reel. Join us over there. And uh, for a few bucks a month, you can jump in and, and be a part of our online community. You can join our online Discord server. Uh, lots of fantastic movie people talking about movie things all the live long day. From all over the world, people are talking about movies. Uh, it's it's a great deal of fun. Uh, and, you know, if, if you needed to, because there's smoke all over the West, uh, where would you go to, to get your, your masks? I don't know. You might go to thenextreel.com slash merch to get some merch, to put merch on your face to keep the smoke from getting into your face. Does that work? Do the, do the masks keep out the smoke? You know, I'm going to tell you something. We were instructed... <laughs> We Not to wear a mask. I'm in Portland. For those who don't know, we're I'm in, in Portland, and I have a uh, a mask. I have the uh, next real mask, and it has a place for a filter. And we didn't have any filters, and so we had to go outside. And uh, my wife read, "Well, you just have to put a wet towel oh, okay. in there, and then put it on your face." <laughs> And so you waterboarded yourself? Is that what you're saying? It does not feel good. I don't recommend it. (laughs) This waterboarding thing isn't pleasant at all. Who would have known? Uh, I will say that the Glorious Fear Marvel Movie Minute Season 2 merch is going away very soon. So if you ever wanted to put Kyle and Rob on your face, now's the time to pick up any of those last minutes. So you can put a pillow. You can get a Kyle and Rob Glorious Fear pillow. Put it right on your your, uh, couch. Then you can put your face on the pillow. It's great. Uh, so we sure appreciate uh, everybody for being a part of the community. Check it out. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Ocean, it's good to talk to you, bud. Great talking to you as always, Pete. And Steve, have a good week. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.